Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Thank you. Woo! I am your host. <laughs> Camel Tweed! <laughs> Wait, who's hey, the host? Hey, that's not my name. It's yeah, Brad Wickham. Okay. My name is Brad Hamilton. I am coming at you hot from Alaska, not oh, Canada. Yeah. And with me today, we got Tommy Johnson. That's me, the uh, goblin, the bunny-eared goblin rogue from Iowa, named Axioc. There we go. Uh, we got Matt Wolf. Yeah, I play. Uh, I also play Axioc, but like <laughs> the left half of the brain. It's kind of like a Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde thing going on. <laughs> You know, someone's going to come in halfway through the series and not know what the heck is going on. Uh, that's definitely going to be the case. That's me. I play, that's literally me. It's, yeah, I it's play literally Casey. Hirak the Bird Bard. There we go, Bird Bard. And we got the man. Oh, no, we do not have the man monk. We have Jeffrey Leadham. Watch yourself now. It's your boy, Jeffrey Leadham, playing the always enthusiastic Marcus Smith with his trusty sidekick, Tobias Smith. Tobias, in the form of a cat currently, right? Currently, cat. Yeah, I think it's a glow-in-the-dark cat, too. It is right now. It's a glow-in-the-dark cat at the moment. Mm-hmm. And surprising no one, back at us again for week three, we got Casey McCoy. Hello. <laughs> Salutations. Greetings, Fred. And Casey Uplifting is playing. music starts playing. <laughs> Oh, that's what we're supposed to do? You finally woken up. You've never really let me introduce yeah, myself in the past, too, I feel like, so I didn't There's even know to do this. I'm playing Mason the Barbarian. Well, Beautiful. why don't we just jump right into the recap, get those imaginations a-stewing. You it. left the village of Obsidia with a new companion in Mason. He led you through the path of shale, through the floating peaks, to a narrow ravine. As you were walking, Mason sensed the presence of two unfriendlies and thought quickly to save your lives by casting a stealth spell on you. As you lay still, Exioc moved just a tiny bit, and seeing that you were all about to be discovered, Nicky Mub ran out from the hiding spot to draw their attention away. Wow. Not knowing his fate, you all took off running under the veil of Pass Without Trace and made it out of the valley of the Path of Shale safely. You walked for a little while and reached an iron bridge that connected a massive ravine uh, that is in the middle of the elemental plane of Earth. As you inspected it, <clears throat> the guardian of the bridge came to life and defended his bridge. He spoke in Terran that he was getting too old for this and that someone was coming back for him, really humanized him. But instead of asking further questions, you shoved him off the edge of the cliff to a certain demise. Mm -hmm. You crossed the bridge and set up camp uh, for the night on the other side. After you were all rested, you continued deeper on into the elemental plane of Earth. The ground sloped downward as you followed a series of rock piles that formed a line of squigglies that led to a large boulder that was obviously not a trap. <laughs> you then triggered said trap and it plunged you into the smooth uh, stone slip and slide that propelled you into a spherical room one after another, devoid of any gravity. Exioc tried to stop himself, but only managed to barely slow his momentum as the door shut behind him. Looking around the room, you are all now floating and gently bouncing off of the walls in the spherical chamber. A slit briefly appeared up, uh, opened up in the wall, revealing a pair of eyes that scanned the room, but the slit closed shortly after before you got a chance to get off any questions. As you look around and take in this room, which is slowly lit by an unseen source from above you, you look over at Toby the cat and his flickering 
or uh, his life energy, the blue arcane that uh, is in his eyes starts slowly flickering and after a few seconds goes out and Toby is now drifting motionless through this cavern. He's dead? What? what? Is he still glowing? He is not glowing anymore. Oh, snap. Uh, okay, uh, I am not... I would like to uh, clarify that Exioc is not uh, uh, just bouncing off the walls calmly. I have, I, uh, have both daggers out, and at every chance, I am uh, stabbing at the walls trying to stop my movement. So literally every wall hit, I'm just going nuts. Yeah, every time you hit the wall, all it's doing is making you bounce off faster and faster. Okay. I, that does it. That I uh, am completely... Um, irrational at this point. The the fear of uh, or thinking back to the darkness and the fear of floating in uh, the sunken uh, citadel or the sunken catacombs, and as well as the uh, the top of the tower. Both of those things just throw me into a completely irrational uh, uh, state of flailing at every wall. Yeah, it's not a pretty sight. I, uh, I take the next opportunity to bounce myself in the direction of Toby's floating body. Yeah, you run uh, and position yourself and grab onto Toby and gently pull him close to your chest. He is not moving and more like a lifeless animatronic. Can you do an arc- arcana check on like, uh, the room and surroundings? Uh, sure, go for it. On my first roll with my... First ever pair of dice that I ever bought. That's a 19 on the die, plus 7 is 26. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. <clears throat> Toby seemed fine just a second ago before you plunged here into this place. And now that you are floating in here, uh, his life force seems to have drained away. And you are not entirely sure why. But uh, as you try to inspect him, you feel that your fingers, which normally have a pattern of doing some sort of magical effect, doesn't seem to be doing anything to him. And it's frustrating, and nothing that you are doing is seeming to work. Uh, Brad, were we all able to perceive the slit and the eyes? I'd say so. <clears throat> it was like a beam of light opened up from the side in an otherwise pretty dimly lit room. Okay. Uh, I think I'm going to be too irrational to do anything about it. Um, so I'm still just flailing. I'm going to sort of do a check. You're going to have to resolve if this is legal. I want to detect, I want to cast identify if there's something like in the air or in this uh, orb that we're in. I'm going to like either hold the wall or I don't know if it'd be arcane check if this but I'm trying to identify what magic or what's going on. Sure. As you trace your fingers in the air to cast the identify spell, your fingers are just making motions and there are no arcane sparks. There's no sigil being drawn. There's no uh, effect that you can feel being produced. Hmm. Okay. Well, that answers a question. Can I bonus action take out the whip? You extend your arm and reach it out, and nothing happens. Hey, Marcus, I have good news and bad news. I also have bad news. Okay, well, I have I have morally gray news and bad news. Actually, now that I think about it, <laughs> um, 
I don't think that Toby's dead per se. I think he's off. I think the room we're in is some sort of no-no zone for magic. And I think yeah. since he's magic, I think he's suppressed. To put this in layman terms for you, Bird Bar, magic is off here. Yeah, that's, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yep, yep, we got it. I shout, this is worse than any nightmare I've ever had. <laughs> Exioc says as he's bouncing off the walls. I believe at the end of last session, I was in a panic state flying around the room, and I say that by now I'd be in a little less of a panic state, but due to the kinetic nature of Exioc, I think at some point we would collide and <laughs> just send me back into more of a panic state. So and then and then continue bouncing around. I'm gonna I'm gonna play music. I know it won't magically have any effect but i'm gonna uh try and calm people down because i don't think freaking out is gonna help us in any way go ahead and give me a performance check matt all right uh roll the 17 plus nine so yeah what do i roll music starts (laughs) do you want to save against it or just allow it to save you okay (laughs) Uh, it's beautiful. It is soothing. Everyone's nerves feel a little bit more calm, not from any magical effect, but just through the sweet, sweet plucking of the lyre. My heart rate goes back to normal. <laughs> I know this is confusing and disorienting, but we need to keep our cool. We don't know what is going on. This is obviously whoever did this has the upper hand. We are where they want us to be. And so we need to be on our best wits in order to be able to process what's going on. I don't need to be on my best wits. I just need to get out of here. I mean, that's fair, too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with that. <laughs> uh, so I just I am continuing to, to flail re- relentlessly. How dark is it? Can we literally see nothing? I That's how I imagine. Well, my light's still no, it is, out. He said that there's a yeah, light from it's, the top or something. Yeah, it's dimly lit from above. There is almost like a light permeating through the stone, almost like how magma would affect it, but it's all still the same smooth stone all the way around. There's just a bit of light coming from it that's making it very dimly lit. Oh, and the occasional sparks (laughs) from my knives against the wall would uh, definitely create some light. (laughs) Yeah, but for the most part, there's not a lot to see in here. It's just a holding chamber of sorts. So uh, is there anything specific that you guys want to do while you're in here, or are you just going to wait out whatever happens? I am just going to seethe and uh, uh, grunt with every attempt to stop myself. I'm going to try to... Uh, roll to seethe. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 19 to seethe. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, what, what, side, that, what side of the sphere were the eyes on, and what side of the sphere did we come in on? They came in on opposite sides. So you came okay. in from whatever the left would be, and the eyes appeared from whatever the right would be. Cool. So I am going to try to slow my energy and position myself to where the eyes were, 
and I'm going to position so that way straight down from me is the entrance to where we came in. Get ready to Ender Games or mm-hmm. Ender's Game this stuff. Oh, okay. So you're like, yeah, nice. I'm attaching Toby around my front, like a belt. All right. <laughs> you guys chill in here for a solid hour. <clears throat> there. Yeah, and when when you're bouncing around the room, not being able to tether or grasp onto anything, it's pretty unnerving, especially for a few of you. And it <laughs> doesn't help that Exioc is just flailing around and making the situation <laughs> worse. So I think it's pretty fair to say that everyone's tempers would be on edge at this point. Uh, I got my I got my wings guys... though. <laughs> got my temporary cheating cheating wings. <laughs> yeah, and you're noticing that as you're moving them just a little bit they actually allow you to stabilize and move around as you need to in this room to give you a little bit of momentum to control your uh, direction of things <clears throat> so uh as it's kind of like a little bit of practice of getting your wings back in order they would never be able to propel you off the ground but you're able to stabilize in here pretty well mm-hmm. that's awesome does it cause any pain to hear it uh, I mean, they're never comfortable, but I mean, I think I said in an earlier episode, like, I don't feel, they don't feel like pain all the time anymore. Yeah. But it's more like a dull ache super... now that they're out and about. Yeah. Oh, they're okay, really sorry. sore. I mean, they've been bound out for mm-hmm. a long time. Sweet. After the hour passes, the slit in the wall opens up again. You see, there are a pair of eyes that look through the room scanning at all of you and I, it remains open for a second uh i throw my dagger at the in the direction <laughs> really <laughs> what go ahead what? go ahead and roll the hit oh i would Lord. say that my wisdom is severely hindered so we'll see oh if this even gosh. gets close <laughs> i uh, roll can the i roll a body i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna use i'm gonna use my um What's it called? Bardic de-inspiration. What's it called? Well, it was a crit I don't think 20. it's going to matter. Oh, gosh. Cutting words, but yeah. Uh, so that's like a 27 or something total. Oh, And I'm going to... I'm just going to shout out, get me out of here! Go ahead and roll damage. Oh, snap. Uh, six. We're playing good cop, uh, murder right. cop. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> you hear a scream from the other side of the door. Uh, as a voice goes, ah, he got me all right. He got me all right. Oh, ah. <laughs> the panel slams shut and you hear rustling of footsteps from the other side and, uh, like a scream of pain coming from and reverberating around the room. And then a few moments later, it, it goes back to complete silence. Serves you right. With that, actually, I, I start to calm down a, a little bit. And he said that in common? He said that in common. Hmm. Should we call out to him? Do you think he's still there? I uh, propel myself forward with enough force to make it to the other side, and I'm going to stand directly above where the gate opens. All right. You are now waiting right there, but you continue waiting there for quite a while. It's fine. Is no one Anything else s- anybody wants to do while you guys are Is in no here? Is no one going to scold me for that? <laughs> I mean, you don't have your knife anymore. Well, I have... Well, I don't, I lost one. I have three now. 
I would have attacked in his same situation too. So can I? I'm very suspicious. Can I cast a? I think this is an illusion. Check. <laughs> I like that. It's... How would you like to go about doing that? Um, Intelligence want... saving throw. Well, I think Hirak just he just doesn't like being underground and being in closed spaces. So this isn't great. But he's also just having to deal with. Oh my gosh, what was his name? Nedabuge in the last, um, you know, however long ago, however many days ago that was. He just does not like the idea of like magic being overpower of him and his friends. He's trying to think of like every combination of stuff that could be going wrong right now. And mm. I think an illusion is one of those possibilities. Sure. Uh, I'm going to say give yourself a wisdom saving throw. Okay. Uh, ooh, that's a pretty good roll. That's uh, 18 plus 1, 19. Okay. You've been under the effect of illusions and charms and enchantments before, and you know what it feels like, and you brace your mind to clear it, to fight off whatever might be affecting it, but it doesn't feel like there's anything really invading your mind. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's good to know. You guys wait here for another several hours, just drifting around, slowly going insane. The walls almost seem to close in on you, and the longer that you're here, the light seems to get brighter and brighter, even though your mind is telling you that nothing has changed. It feels like it's propelling you in towards a sort of insanity, even more so than already has been established. And finally, you see the slit open up one more time but no eyes appear on the other side of it you hear a voice in common say all right if any of you any of you try and make any sort of attack against us there's going to be consequences most likely resulting in your impending death so if you know it's good for you you're going to lay down your arms and come with us and that way we can get all this matter resolved while we look after Sully's eye and who are you my name's Runzi. I'm a guard here. I've been working here ever since I was a wee lad. But uh, this is the most exciting thing that's ever happened in my life. So if you would please just kindly cooperate with us while we figure out how to handle this most unorthodox and unlucky situation. We'd really, uh, really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Are we still floating? You are still floating. Okay. As if... I can't, I can't string any words together. I think we should go along with mm-hmm. it. You've got to be kidding me, Bird Brain. I uh, I dropped down and t- wait. Is the did the door open when he said this or anything like that? No, I think it's just the slit. Just the slit for his. He's not looking through. <laughs> he's not looking through the slit. <laughs> he's not looking through the slit. He's just talking through it. Um, that just whispers through the slit. Yep. Uh, As I if I'm gonna okay. believe anything that's going on in a deep dark hole and land we've never been. Well, your options are to stay in here, and that's perfectly fine. We've got quite nice accommodations for a little one such like you, but we would prefer if we could work this out diplomatically, and that would probably be the best. I am in agreement. Um, I put down, or just kind of let it float, my crossbow and rapier. Sully, I think it's working. 
get, get on with it, Runesy. Just get him out of there. Chain him up. Take their weapons. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm getting back to it. Uh, okay, yes. Cool. Uh, <laughs> if you would please take your weapons and pass them through this slit. We'll look after them real noise-like. We understand that you're scared, and uh, we apologize for scaring you. It was 100% our fault. And if you would pass your weapons through, that way we can be absolutely certain that we are on happy terms with each other and we can move on from here. Hmm. I attempt to pass the hammer through, but it's too big to fit through the slit. I go, oh, there's an issue here. Oh, just put a hand, oh, handle first. And then you see like a hand come out and try to grab it. Uh, I shake his hand verbally. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, p- pleasure to meet you. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Salt is supposed to be taking your weapon. Um, you know what? It's Maybe it's just easier if we open up the door. No, Runesy, don't open up the door. They're just going to escape. Oh, you're right. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he says, well, why don't you just hold onto your hammer and we'll take it from you after you come outside the door. That sounds like a good plan to me. <laughs> why didn't I think of that sooner? Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll take all the other weapons, though, if that's all right. Just pass them through the little slit. Okay, how big is a slit? It's definitely not big enough for a war axe. Yeah, no, it's like a male letter size. It's big oh, enough for a, okay, for a yeah, no. I hand my uh, sword through the, the through the slot. I look at Exioc and I reach out my hand. I'm still holding on to the other guy's hand, by the way, shaking it. <laughs> oh, oh, really? <laughs> I was gonna I was well, gonna if, pass if, my sword through and cast heat metal, but I can just can I just chop his hand? We don't have we don't we don't have uh, we don't have uh, magic in here. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I chop his hand. Wait, what? Are you serious? What? Are you serious? There's uh, no way. You don't have you don't have anything that does slashing damage. You only have your rapier. Yeah, which is piercing. Yep. Oh. Dang. That was so uh, unexpected. Yeah. Who are you? And what have you done? Yeah. With- <laughs> <laughs> Who are you and why are you Exioc? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, I, I make eye contact with uh, Marcus, and and I'm just, like, my brow is so furrowed, and my nose is so scrunched, and my uh, uh, dark brown eyes are just, like, you could just, like, almost literally see a fire in them, but I, I uh, my, my muscles relax, I go, fine, and I pass over two knives. And then I pull out my scimitar and I pass my scimitar and I pass. And then I pull out my light crossbow and I pass over my crossbow. <laughs> and then I pull out a, a bunch of poison darts and I pass over my poison darts. And then I pull out my poison vial and I'll pass it over. And then I pull out the scorpion spike and I pass it over. And then I'm like, <laughs> but I it's still like that, have one knife. It's like that scene in the Matrix when there's just rows and rows and rows of guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you hear from the other side. Well, Runzi, uh, this is quite a bit of weapons, and there's only four of them in there. That's got to be plenty, right? That's got to be all of them. Oh, yeah. No, for sure, Sully. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I th- think we can let him out then. It sounds about right. I give a, I give a, a, a nod to Mason, like, yeah. I don't remember which attachment is on my weapon right now. You had the hammer on. Okay, so I'm when they open the door, I'm just holding the hammer with both hands, like, just ready for them. <laughs> all right. You see that... In a circular fashion, the stone wall recedes a little bit and then gets pushed off to the left. Uh, standing there, you see two figures that are each about 5'2". Uh, they're a bit on the shorter end, and they have long pointed ears of very pure blood elven ancestry, uh, narrowly um, 
kind of tilted eyes that kind of belie that too. Very fair skin with blonde hair that's pulled back like you would expect like an elf of Rivendell to be. But on their back, you see there are sets of wings that come and sprout out of their back, almost like Hirax, but more like a eagle or a hawk would be. Cool. uh, Very cool. Immediately upon seeing this, I have the same reaction that I had when I first saw Hirak in the waist, and I step forward in front of everybody and start raising my Warhammer to the closest is one. It, is gravity off or on? Uh, gravity is still off. You Never see, mind, I, I swim over at, to them. <laughs> yeah, I, as you're looking at them, you can see their feet are actually just barely above the ground, and their wings are moving ever so slightly, just keeping them in place. Oh, cool. I push- I pushed Toby through the door. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, you see this dead mechanical cat starts floating towards the door and Soli looks over and says, Runzi, Runzi, grab him. Uh, Runzi uh, puts his arms forward and holds on to the cat and kind of holds it. And says, oh, what the heck is this thing? I've never seen something like this before in my life. <laughs> in, uh, in Aaron, is that what it's called? The primordial language of Auron, I say uh, it's a steel protector, is what they call it. Just to see if I get a reaction. What what does it do? So they understood that? Yeah. They're talking in Auron now? Uh, They respond in common, but like don't make the immediate connection that you were talking in Auron. I go... He's a friend. Follows me where I go and helps me with what I need to get accomplished. Well, it doesn't look like he does much, to be honest with you. It kind of looks just like he's a little clump of metal right now. But that's all right. I have imaginary friends as well. (laughs) (laughs) He says that I tense up for a second. I have swam closer to the rest of the group now, and I interject and say, Stay back! Well, hey, friend, now we don't mean to make any sort of ruckus going on here. We are on friendly terms, even if you did poke out Soli's eye. Uh, Soli, uh, you can see, has an eye patch draped over his eye with a little bit of blood coming out, but he's still got a smile on his face. (laughs) Uh, I hand him my hammer, my war hammer, and I say, okay, let's be on our way. See, Soli, I told you, you just got to be nice to the strangers and they'll do whatever you want. Runesy, they're going to... Runesy, come on. We got we got to think smarter about this. <laughs> and they say, "All right, Mister Pebbleman, if we could borrow that axe of yours, that hammer, uh, and once you do that, we'll just uh, tie you up to these ropes so that we can carry you along. Otherwise, you'd be floating off in the middle of space, and we can't control where you go. So, uh, go ahead and uh, take this." He uh, produces like a very thin but very taut, strong-looking piece of rope uh, to tie around your waist. I am. I'm. I'm just sitting there floating in air, seething, and say, kind of with a grimace, I'm not going anywhere until I find out where we are and why we're floating. Well, you could have just asked that. You didn't have to get in your knickers in a bridge for that. <laughs> well, you, sir, have just landed in the aviary. And with that, I turn to the group and I, like, flare my nostrils even more and I'm holding the, the hammer even more. Tightly, I Whoa. I kind of like look inquisitively, like if like if this is some sort of sign or something. 
we don't get too many visitors around here, especially ones uh, looking like your sort. But, you know, we're uh, always happy to have new friends. In fact, I've been around with this bloke my whole life. Never actually had another friend besides him. Yep, that's right, Runzi. We've been friends together for a long time, haven't we? Yes, that's right. We have. I, uh, I grab Runzi's shoulder and I go, well, now you have another friend. Oh, look at that. Sully, I made a friend. Can you believe it? Friends do <laughs> Is not... Is he the one that poked out my... I want to interject. <laughs> Go for it. Friends do not trap friends from holes in the ground. Well, to be fair, we made this bit of a trap more to keep out the, well, <clears throat> unsavory types, such as the elementals and the methods. Occasionally, we get a basilisk in here. Those are real rare. But it's mainly meant, you know, as a food source, so you just kind of happen to stumble into that more than anything else. So we apologize for any inconvenience I might have had on you. We just didn't really know how to deal with the situation. Anyways, you're letting us go now, so off we go, correct? Well, letting, letting you go in a manner of speaking, if you were to just uh, jump out of here, it'd be a little bit unfortunate for you. You wouldn't really know what to do, so we kind of got to tie you up and cart you around as uh, things are right now. <clears throat> you look up and you see that outside of this uh, square chamber that is right outside of the holding center, um, for one, there's a little chair off in the corner of where the guard sits, but above you is a completely open roof. There's no roof on this little room here. And above there is a sloping roof that uh, cascades off into darkness <clears throat> that you can't see anything over the lip, but you can see that it is open above you to where if you just jumped up, you could probably get out of the room. Okay. Do I get the impression, if I get tied up with these ropes, do I get the impression that I can cut myself free with my talons? Go ahead and grab onto the rope and give me an intelligence check. I wanted to do that. Why do you take everything from me, man? Oh, that's a nat 20. Oh, never mind. You know, Ooh, very nice. Once. Smart boy. It's well, rolls. it's well crafted, but it's not magical. So if you had enough damage, you could break through it. Okay. Sweet. Um, <laughs> okay, at this, I'm going to... I've been kind of getting looks from mason and not exactly sure what we should do but these are obviously foes of his and he's a friend of mine at least currently but i'm gonna turn towards hirak and i'm gonna be like <clears throat> well like i'm gonna try and say it quietly i guess but it i don't know they'll probably be able to hear it anyways like well friend or foe bird boy i'm gonna say out loud friend but i wink <laughs> oh my God. I, I turn. I'm like, oh, my eyes, my eyebrows go up, and I'm like, oh, okay. And I'll turn back to uh, Mason, and I'm gonna like be like, fine, we'll go with you. And I'll wink at Mason and pat my uh, like my back left hip, kinda like signaling that I've got a little, a little something, so that we're not completely uh, unarmed. I have already tied myself around my waist, but I am very close to both of these winged people. Can I do a nature check on them? What are you looking for? I'm just trying to understand what they are. Sure. Oh, that is my second nat 20 of the campaign, good sir. <sighs> Woo! Wow. I used it on a freaking nature check, which comes to a 27. Nice job. These are look like elves with wings, which is very unnatural, but it's kind of hard to see it as anything other than what it is. What you do notice about them is that their bodies and frameworks are more frail and light 
than any elf that you've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. That uh, it seems like their muscle density is very, very slim. That uh, they appear just to be like skin and bones. Their cheeks are very sunken in. And they don't look malnourished, but they do look like they don't have a lot of density about them. Hmm. Are are they, this is going to sound like a weird question, are they fleshy or are they like angelic? I'd say more angelic, just like they're, they're happy. They don't seem to be like put off by anything per se. Okay. Okay. So with, after that little exchange I had, I'm going to, like reach for the very end of the rope like as far away from them as I can and uh, tie a loop just around my waist alright uh, Mason you're the last one they hold up a rope to you and give like a little eyebrow raise say like, come on it's not gonna hurt your friend is it contingent on me handing over my weapon at this point Uh, yeah he's like handing over the rope and has his other hand out expecting the weapon I reluctantly consent, however, I do not look happy about it, and similar to the winking that the other members of the problem solvers were doing, I (laughs) give more like a a blank stare, like a wide-eyed stare at them. That's like totally obvious to what my intentions are, but... (laughs) Whichever. I'm going to roll an insight check for them. Okay, the DC is like one, so... Yeah, I rolled, I rolled a two. And <laughs> you literally can't if you haven't, it any closer. If you haven't figured it out, these guys don't have the highest of wisdom. Okay. Well, so. my my last comment is like, from Mason's perspective, it's not even like that we're trapped or the demoralizing. It's like the fact that he's floating in air and it's like in his soul, like wrong because of who he is being like an earth genasi. It just feels wrong. I know he's here to ask for food, basically, but that's just where he's at, and he's got an anger problem, so. <laughs> um, sure. Uh, so do you hook yourself up to the rope? Yeah, reluctantly. I ask whichever one of them in, is in the front to hold on to Toby for me. Uh, I believe Sol is already holding on to him, cool. right? Yep. I say he gets uh, he gets airsick if he's not in the front. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, I understand, and he like gives you a really like serious nod, as if you're insane. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> All right. Well, if no further ado, we have an appointment at the Citadel. They push off with their wings with a mighty swoop, and all of you feel your momentum shift upwards around the midsection as you are lifted up off the ground. As you are pulled up, your line of sight crests over the lip of the roof. Before you is the most breathtaking sight you have ever seen. A massive domed cavern that stretches out for a mile with dozens of floating islands, green foliage, and the whisper of distant music everywhere. In the center is an enormous marble palace with tiered layers of marble columns all supporting a golden dome that dimly illuminates the entire cavern with a warm yellow glow. The ceiling is made of smooth stone and the islands that float are all tethered by braided ropes that connect all the way down to the floor. As you look down at the base of the cavern, you see enormous stalagmites pointing up, some as large as 50 feet in diameter. The floating islands are all tethered to these stalagmites. As you are pulled through the air, you see other winged elves flying about on their daily business, and you guys are turning heads left and right as Soli and Runzi pull you through here. Uh, People are stopping whatever they're doing. You see everyone's dressed in pretty plain, simple robes, but... 
uh, their wings are decorated with different jewels and uh, bedazzled almost as if that's their personal fashion statements. As you guys are flying through, you look over to the left and on top of one of these islands, you see there's an ornate house made out of marble with a small little water feature next to it. There's an elderly Avariel gently floating and pacing with his arms behind his back. Uh, and he looks to be talking to a group of smaller, younger Avariels as you pass by. And sure. as you do so, all the kids jump up and rush over to the edge of the island and peer down at you uh, and start chattering to each other. Uh, Runzi uh, smiles and waves up at him as he leads you guys further forward. They lead you to the center of this enormous cavern, taking you past what look like a bunch of higher-end residential islands and float you towards the central building. And it is even more impressive up close. There are ornate etchings that run up and down the pillars in this layered building. There are three uh, tiers to this, three tiers of columns, each getting smaller going up until the very top one that supports the golden dome. On the bottom level, you see there is an oasis uh, with a water feature and turf with soft linens and beds and several avariel that are uh, relaxing in the glow of the dome up above. You can see that the light from the dome is going through each of the three tiers all the way down to the bottom, providing a steady illuminating glow throughout everything. <clears throat> there are... Uh, on the next floor, several statues of Avariel in golden robes and armor that uh, stand there almost like the kings of Gondor um, in their throne room, kind of like that, uh, but in a circle, all looking around into the center and looking upward slightly. Slowly leads you and floats you up to the very top layer where there is a massive high-backed throne with three smaller chairs in front of it. The hole in the floor that leads all the way down to the bottom tier as you look through it uh, connects also into the ceiling of here um, and uh, is a flat ceiling where the uh, bottom part of the dome is. Uh, there's a small staircase that leads behind the throne up into the dome, but you can't see up there. Sitting on the small chairs are old white-haired Avariel in simple white robes and gray feathered wings. They all look very, very alike, and it's hard to tell them apart, and they all have little half-spectacles on as well. Sitting in the throne behind them is a tall, lithe Avariel with a golden wreath encircling his scalp like a ring of flowers that just happened to fall there. He looks calm and collected as the three Avariels in the front of him are almost out of their chairs arguing. You hear one of them go, I tell you, Sulkra, the children need to be taught more about the ways of the Mason. Our buildings would be put to shame to our ancestors <clears throat> i tell you there's new talent that i've seen in the young generation the one next to him goes my dear brother how can you not see that the buildings are fine as they are the children can't be bothered with such trivial nonsense when they could be learning the ways of the enlightened mind the other one shoots back not all children learn the same way some are destined to become builders and some are destined to become scholars i'm merely suggesting that we give the builders a fighting chance to make an equal t uh, contribution to society oh Dear, we are all doomed as they all look and see you guys floating up towards you. <laughs> the heads all turn towards you as you gently float down towards the platform. You see Soli and Runzi uh, use their hands to push you down onto the ground to stop you from floating away. And uh, in a non-aggressive way, just gently have their hands placed on your shoulders. The marble feels warm underneath your feet and your gazes are met by the figure on the throne who sits up just a little bit and leans forward slowly. <clears throat> you hear in a very silky, smooth voice, he says, who are you? 
<clears throat> I uh, slowly release the grip on the rope. My hands are like sore from white knuckling it the whole way. I look over at, at Marcus and I say, and I, I kind of like get get a, a slight glint in my eye as I as I usually do. And I look up and go, "My name's Lloyd." And I extend <laughs> my hand. <laughs> Immediately displeased. <laughs> are we nice to meet you? Are we still floating at this point or no? We're on the marble. Okay, okay. But there's like, no gravity I... affecting okay. you. They've settled you on the ground, and they have and our trying... hand on our shoulder so we don't float. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not it's not like an aggressive like don't move kind of way. It's more like uh, just trying to stabilize you so that you feel more comfortable on the ground. And so, literally, I thrust my hand out as if to shake somebody's hand who is right in front of me, but they're like you know however many yards away. They're like, nice to meet ya. you. You uh, you don't have a very warm welcoming party, I say. They all just kind of look at you and don't make a motion to move. Uh, the guy on the throne says, my friends, if you'll excuse us. And the three turn around and look at him and say, oh, but we can be rather helpful in this situation. No, please, please leave. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you see the three older Avarials get up and gently float down to the bottom layer through the center. And they say, oh, well, hello, Donna. It's been so long. <laughs> just as they're floating down. Uh, just seem to already be like off onto the next thing. Their minds just like grab onto whatever shiny thing is next. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy sits down on his throne and says, I'm sorry, our welcoming committee is not maybe what you expected, but we don't ever get visitors in here. I wonder why. Well, kind of hard to find. Well, that was our intention. When I first saw the vista, the beautiful vista that we were gifted with upon, you know, being released from our pseudo prison, I actually like start crying a little bit. And uh, so by the time we reach the throne room, I'm like wiping my eyes a bit. And then when he asks that, I try to kind of step forward. I know I'm like being restrained downward, um, but I do the customary bow that I've been doing to the problem solvers, like with one uh, fist and one hand and then an open palm on the other and bow. And I say, forgive us. My name is Mason of the Genasi people from these lands. And these are my problem solvers. I'm pretty, I'm like shocked, but by uh, Mason's sudden uh, change, but I'm, I'm like, uh, okay, and I'll and I just start nodding enthusiastically. <laughs> yeah, same here. <laughs> just like, uh huh, yep, that's us. <laughs> Pleasure to meet you, Mason. Unfortunately, I have a bit of an issue with your presence here. Well, that's a surprise, or not a surprise. <laughs> I say under my breath. <laughs> Let me explain myself if I may, so that you don't seem alarmed by the choice that I have to make here. Have you heard of the Arcane Apocalypse? The what? Well, it's silly of me to ask. Of course you have. (laughs) After the Arcane Apocalypse, when Artorema left Yetzira with his host, leaving behind the mortal realm bereft of their deity... As you know, your factions warred against each other in an effort to gain attention of him, but to no avail. 
Our forefathers were created as an evolved race of elves in waging the war, but we were no match for our opposition. Our people were hunted to near extinction, and a few of us managed to retreat here from to the elemental plane of Earth, where we wait for the war to be over. Our hearthstone, uh, he points up to the ceiling, <clears throat> he says, protects us from the outside world and keeps us safe. Our forefathers warned us of the treachery of the arcanists who would come here and use their trickery to convince us that we are safe, but we know better. The messenger will come for us and he will be our salvation. Now, a few have tried to trick us in the past, but we have properly dealt with them. There was a woman who came here a few cycles ago who was wingless. She was obviously a deceiver, and we tried to keep her under close watch. And she's still around here somewhere, I believe. Uh, then there was a group of humanoids that came back here some time ago, but we were still not convinced. In fact, one of them was a savage brute that uh, destroyed part of our home when he did not get his way. In fact, that brings me to why I am mentioning this. He looked a lot like you, Mason. Uh, are you a descendant of the one they called Batuk? Yes. And I'm, I'm more so confused by his first part, but I caught the second half. That part I understood, but the first half, no. So I'm like mostly confused. You see his expression grimaces as he says, we told your ancestors never to come here again, lest they pay with their lives. Have your people told you nothing? What do you know of your ancestors? <clears throat> Only what? The village stories and tales have been passed down to me through my my ancestors. All I know is our peoples used to be on good terms, but not anymore. In an, in the air, and I'd like to pipe up and go. For people who are so worried about the past, it seems like you don't really have any kind of plan for the future. Oh, we have a plan. We're waiting for the one who will come to tell us <clears throat> of our salvation. But... How long does waiting actually turn out to be a play? How did you come to learn Arin? I say in Arin, we're not from here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that much is obvious, my little winged friend. Uh, oh dear, what has happened to you? Dun, dun, dun. That's besides the point. Look, <laughs> we're not from here, and we don't want to be here, and you don't want us to be here. There's something that sent us here that is beyond us. I kind of interject and have like a two-part question. I say, <clears throat> what is your name? Forgive me for not introducing myself. I am High Lord Veritas of the Avario. <clears throat> High Lord Veritas. I would not have come here if I were not desperate. Um, I found these lot appearing on our lands in what I call and my people call the dusted waste while I was out scavenging food for my people. They came from another plane or realm and they're looking to get home. However, I told them I would lead you here if they would help me get food for my people. All I humbly ask is that you help me Humbly, I'm asking, help me feed my people and get these good, kind strangers home. Uh, give me a persuasion check. Dang, that was really good. Mm -hmm. My charisma is not good. You, you moved me IRL. 
Uh, yeah, it's just an 11. <clears throat> you see he ponders it for a second and stands up and uh, starts fluttering his wings and drifting around the center of this place. Uh, you see there's like a little shimmer of glitter <laughs> that comes off of his wings as he flies around. It's not magical at all. It looks like he actually just dusted glitter onto his wings for the effect. <laughs> and he says, tell me more about your ancestors. I want to know what kind of stories they passed down to you. Long ago, five brave warriors crossed into these lands through magical means. They were great warriors. I think one was a magic user. And they unceremoniously stepped their way into this land we call home. However, some of the evil ones that also call these lands their home, and I kind of look towards uh, the party when I say that, since they're a little <laughs> bit cued in, um, mm -hmm. found my ancestors and treated them very poorly. As a result, me and my kin were born along the lines, my people and your people, the Avario. We were friendly, we traded, I believe, <clears throat> and then something happened and we lost our way. The original warriors, they were Bartuk, as you mentioned. Um, Gordon was one, I believe my elders would tell me. <clears throat> I forget all the names, but... Uh, at the mention of Gordon... I, uh, Exeoch's, like, nostrils flare, and his, and he gets, like, the most angry face you've ever seen, uh, Exeoch make, and he goes, You what? What? And I, I turn him, and I go, Yeah, yes. You never mentioned you would, if you could just, and I, and then I, and I just kind of keep going like that, and it's just like, there's, it, it's it very harkens back to how I was in uh in the the sphere uh, thrashing about except for it's all just like word vomit and it just like there's just just nah! I uh, I turn towards him and I put my fists up. Oh wait, like to fight? <laughs> oh, like fisticuffs? Yeah. Why I you just and I I go straight at him and I and I uh, fly straight for his chin with my right fist. What? You see Runzi and Soli uh, both go to hold you back. And considering that you can't fly and they can, they don't have any trouble restraining you. Oh, that was okay. a good impression. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I've been talking with you for this long and it's just, you've been the Gordon the whole time? Uh, what's the High Lord's name again? Veritas. Veritas. Um, I turn to Veritas and say... <clears throat> Lord Veritas, do you did you know my ancestors? I did. They briefly came here. It was only the two, Bartuk and Gordon, and I wanted to hear your side of the story just to verify things. They tried to convince us that the arcane apocalypse was over and that the world was inhabitable again, which I can tell you from experience is highly unlikely of a situation, and that they were obviously ploys and mercenaries of the enemy. And so we sent them on their way 
as to not invoke a war, but uh, Ba took took out his rage on our home and almost murdered some of our people, and so they were banned forever, along with all of their descendants, which you are a part of. And so I have the unfortunate decision, even though you don't know the history, of either banning you or locking you away. You saying that the world is not inhabitable? Oh, quite so. When we left, the plane of Yetzir was threatening to rip itself apart at the seams, and there's no way that it could have recovered in such a short amount of time. That's interesting, because that is where we are from. Well, I imagine that the enemy was able to conceal themselves and hold them into a bunker of some sort, and maybe you are just mercenaries then. We cannot risk sending our people out of here. You sound like a man who likes to think things through for a long time. Indeed. You also seem like you're a man who has the trust of his people. Where are you going with this? Do your people know you're stalling? You see his eyes flare up just for a quick second, uh, but he regains his composure and he says, I am not stalling. I only have the best interests of my people at heart, and until we know for certain that it's safe to go back, they will stay here under my careful watch. Mm. I pipe in and I say, I only have the interests of my people at heart as well. I am not my father. Or my father's father, or his father. And I'll pipe in, I'll be like, you shut your trap! Towards Mason, and I'll turn towards a High Lord Artemis and be like, any enemy is Gordon, is a friend of mine. I say we lock this rock up in that in that floating ball and let him rot for the rest of his life! I take rock as like a racial epithet, so uh-huh. I, yep. try and, I try and break free of the any kind of restraint towards me, and I try and go at Exioch now. Oh, and I'll do the same thing. Uh, all right. They can't both hold you, so <laughs> let's go Go ahead and make uh, athletics checks for you guys. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Oh, 18. 16. You guys both break out, and uh, you see Veritas look stunned for a second that you guys had just broken out of here. You were flying towards each other using the ground to propel yourselves yes. off. And he, and he says, gods, gods, come quickly. And he snaps his fingers and uh, flying down the stairway from behind the throne are four heavily armored Uh guards from up in the top room. But you guys are going at it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yes. I guess we are rolling for initiative. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Which I did not see coming. Oh, baby. Makes sense. Oh, man. You got two guys with rage problems. (laughs) Literally. Okay, uh, All right, Exiac, what'd you get? Uh, 10. Beautiful. Marcus? 20. Mm, very good. Hirak? Also 10. Mason? 22. Very good. And the guards are also going to roll into initiative. Runzi and Soli aren't much of fighters or defenders, so they're not going to roll in. They kind of just lean back as all this is going down. But first off, Mason, you see this angry little goblin jumping straight at your face in this zero oh. gravity field yeah and... i'll say my beard comes off in this in the tussle <laughs> all right beard floating in the wind um it Put is back your go mason okay uh, i'm just gonna try and make an unarmed strike and punch him i guess yeah like like i'm doing like a superman 
pose as I fly through the air. <laughs> so right. go ahead and roll the hit. That's actually not very good. Um, am I proficient in unarmed strikes? That would only be a monk, right? Uh, you can rage. <laughs> oh! <cool. laughs> Wait, can barbarians do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, it's still a strength based. <laughs> Yeah, I would be raging. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you would. All right. From a character perspective. You are definitely raging. Go ahead and hold the hit. So it's your attack bonus, as it would be normally. So you do add... I think you do add your proficiency modifier. I mean, uh, all right. (laughs) If you insist. That makes it a 18. No, no, no. 17. Uh, 17 to hit, Exeoc. Uh, that hits. Okay. All right, so it's going to be one plus your strength modifier. And that it plus my rage damage, though, too, right? True. Okay, that's six points of damage. All right. Okay. Ding, ding. <laughs> and you get a second attack, right? I mean, if you... Uh, no, no, I won't character-wise, just one. Wait, why wouldn't... Oh. I'm just okay. flying through the air. Gone for like a a right hook, you know. Yeah. Um, because of the nature of this, Exiot, give me a strength saving throw. Okay. Seventeen. Uh. All right. You're able to brace yourself and not get flung backwards out into space. Okay. So I kind of like absorb the blow more or less. Yeah. Pretty much. Like okay. it clocks you, but you're able to make the force drive you into the ground more oh, than sick. out into space. So. You're able to keep your stance. And Marcus, it's your turn. <laughs> I grab onto the part of the string that uh, Exiac is tied to at the moment. Oh, and yeah. I will Spartan kick him away. <laughs> Gosh. That's just a strength. That's a, a roll to hit. You don't get your proficiency bonus with this. Yeah. Uh, 16. Uh, I have an AC of 16. It hits. It's, Dang it! <laughs> um, it's what? One plus my strength? Uh, correct. So he takes two damage. And whatever force would have pull, pushed him away from me, I then pull the string back and I'm going to kick him again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> okay. You just ping pong him? Or uh, what's it called? The... Um, Tether paddle ball. Like yeah. the paddle, paddle ball. The paddle ball. Bing, bing, yeah. bing, bing, bing. The next one will miss, though. That's only a 13. Yeah, that right. misses. But, it, would, it almost looked really cool. But I, I am furious. But would I hit the ground then anyway, or could I brace would I brace myself? Yeah, he like kicks you off a little bit and then pulls you back and then misses, so you're still on the ground. Um, you, you hear a gasp from up above, and you look up to see uh, Soli is covering Toby's eyes. <laughs> nice. Okay, I'm gonna. It's my turn, right? Uh, it is the guards' turn, actually. They oh, are going to rush in and fly towards all of you. They can make the distance and the gap, <clears throat> and they are each going to try and restrain one of you. So, uh, Exioc, go ahead and give me a contested strength check. This isn't fair. I'm weak. Mm-hmm. Fifteen. Uh, you managed to knock it grappled, Marcus. I wriggle free. Uh, that was cut. Uh, that is a 10, I believe. 10. Uh, you also managed to knock a cot. What? 
<laughs> what? Uh, Hirak? Uh, 18. What? Uh, you do get caught. <laughs> Epic. <laughs> Epic. And Mason. Uh, I also got an 18, but I was really hoping that Hirak wouldn't get restrained so I could get some right. bardic inspiration. You, <laughs> have adva- you have advantage on strength-based checks as well, good sir. Yeah, okay. Well, a- is also, 18 uh, good enough? 18 is good enough. Good. So, Hirak, uh, all these guys lunge for you, and everybody else manages to either push them off or dodge out of the way. Except, Hirak, you try to get your wings to work, and... Uh, like a sharp pain courses through your body as you try to activate them and you get tackled to the ground Gosh. and held in place. <laughs> uh, but failing to restrain all of you, it is now Exiox's turn. Okay, I'm going to be like, I'm going to turn to uh, 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 Marcus. I'm going to say, my beef isn't with you, Marcus. It's with this friend of Gordon. You and do I- not see anything but fire in Freaking okay. <laughs> but I lunge off the ground towards uh, Mason, who is still in the air, and I'm going to try and uh, just go for a punch. Uh, and that is, what is it? Just a strength check? Yeah, basically. Darn it! It's a 13. Yeah, does not hit. <clears throat> uh, it connects with him, but your fist just bounces right off. It probably hurts you more than him. Can I uh, try and hit again or no? No. Darn. It's only one attack per turn for you. Okay. Because uh, you don't get multi-attack at level 5, right, do you? No. Uh, if he had multiple daggers, but he's using mm-hmm. his fist. Yeah, I don't have, like, an off... It's not like... I couldn't do, like, an offhand strike, because that's what I do with my daggers. No, I don't think so. Okay, fine. Uh, it's you. Uh, do I try to get out? Is that what this is? Strength <laughs> check to... Uh, well, you, you can... To. Yeah, it's whatever you want to try to do. I mean, your beak is free, supposedly. I'm worried that there's still no magic, because... Toby's off still. I'm gonna try to cast ma- Minor Illusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you try, and nothing happens. Figure. Oh, but that magic rip. Yeah. Um. That's. I'm gonna say just because I am kind and benevolent that you figure that out pretty quick, and you can still use your action to try to escape if you want to. Okay. Cool. I'm gonna roll strength check then. <laughs> Eleven minus one, ten. You are still grappled. Oh my god. <laughs> yep, rip. You better being strong, man. Back up at the top, you hear Lord Veritas say, Please, let's resolve this calmly, and that way there can be no bloodshed. We haven't had a death here ever. All right? Well, that's about to change. <laughs> Mason, oh it's you. Oh my word. I go, <clears throat> and. I'm what? Right yeah, I was gonna say what. I just bounced off of you. What am I like? We're both floating in midair, like it's Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Basically. Yep. Yeah. In uh, Athens, buried underground. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> if there's like a wall behind, is there a wall behind Exioc in the general direction? It's well, not the floor. Yeah, there's <laughs> pillars that are supporting it, and it's open air beside the pillars. Uh, I'm gonna try and kick him in the direction of a pillar. Okay, great. So right. just like get him away from me because I'm kind of responding to what Veritas is saying. Sure, go to hit. Okay. That is a at least a 19. That hits. <laughs> okay. Yeah, if it was all the other stuff too, it's more than that. So, uh, damage. 
That would just be six again. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I'm try again, like I'm trying to get him away from me. Yeah. Uh, Exiac, you take you take six points of damage. Like I'm trying to like Spartan kick him away. I wouldn't to be be able to use uncanny dodge because I'm not in the right mindset. Or on and, the ground. Or yeah, or on the ground. So it's like I'm just gonna not. All right. Uh, why don't you make another strength save to see if you get kick back? E eleven. Uh, this time, you feel your body get pushed off the ground and your back sm smacks into the pillar. Do I take more damage? Uh, I'm going to say no, just because we don't want to fuddle with the mechanics too much. Okay. <laughs> so I get. So how do I get kicked? Uh, Spartan kicked. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you're like back sprawled against the back thing. Marcus, it's yeah. your turn. Uh, I'm still holding on to the string that he's connected to. Oh god. <laughs> I am yanking him down towards me. Oh my god! <laughs> and I will kick him back at that pillar. <laughs> that is a 17 to hit. Yes, sir. Two damage to you, good sir. And then I'm All going right. to yank him again, and I'm going to need you to make a contested uh, athletics check. Athletics. So then I'm going to hold you to the ground. Oh. That's a two total. Okay, yeah, I had above 14. Yep. Kay. Exiac, you are pinned to the ground, <clears throat> held there by Marcus. Kay. And it is the guard's turn. They are going to also turn, and they see that how it's going. And two of them are also going to try and grapple you down, so you go ahead and roll <laughs> with disadvantage. Strength check. Okay. Exiac, uh, the pinata. total. Uh, they both managed to grapple you down. Okay. So you are being pinned down by three people now. And the last one is going to uh, float up high with his weapon drawn. You can see it is a trident that uh, is pointed down at all of you. And he's just ready to go for whatever happens. And Exioc, it is your turn. I'm, I'm going to uh, struggle uh, because I, my mind is on one track and it is uh, anger, wrath towards uh, Mason. And I'm gonna say, get your, get your dirty paws off me! Do you? I, I'm obviously not gonna break out, but I will just struggle because I'm not gonna give up. All right. Uh, yeah, you can roll if you want, but chances are you're still gonna be grappled. Right. Okay. There's so it was a 13. So yeah, do I have to beat three? Is uh, that kind of how it works? What yeah. happens if he ties me? Well, it doesn't matter because the other two both beat you. Okay. <laughs> well, I, well, I can say that I let go then. And then I'm go just going to say, like, uh, the last thing on my turn, I'm going to say, he needs to pay. Someone needs to pay. And my just fire blazes in my eyes. And uh, my, yeah, my my hair, my, like, dark, long black hair has come out of its, like, little ponytail thing in the tussle. And it's just, I look like an insane person as it just is all over the ground and my eyes are uh, blazing. And mm. my ears are just going every which way. You see Veritas extends his form outward and says, Gods, take him down to the dungeon and don't let him out until he's, or don't talk to him until he's calmed down. And you see they, the rest of them swoop in. The one that's on you, Hirok releases you, grabs on, everybody grabs like an appendage of Exioc and flies him <laughs> down through the center hole of the Do chamber. Do they all get a, an extra turn before I, before? Oh, did, I was, I was considering us out of combat. Do you still want to do something? Oh, uh, well, technically he's grappled and on the ground. Yep. Uh, 
So I'm going to make two more attacks uh, oh. with advantage because he is trampled. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Hirak would have also gotten a turn in there, too, if you wanted to do anything. This is true. Um, if... I, and I won't see him... I won't see Marcus going for... You know what? Maybe I would do see him because I would imagine he wouldn't get his gaze off of him. I'm going to try to grapple Marcus. <laughs> All right. Okay, I respect that. Mm. Oh, wow. I got a five total. Wow. I didn't think I was going to win. Uh, eight minus one, seven. Nice. There you go. Dang. So Four plus one is five. Marcus, you are grappled because you got caught from behind. By a freaking bird. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, so that, yeah, would so ta- with- that would take us back up to Mason, technically, but I have uh, the dude speaking at the top of the round, so... Uh, everybody's going to try to grapple you and bring you down. So uh, are we effectively out of combat? Are we resolved? Do you guys want to keep going? One last thing. One last thing. (laughs) One last thing. As Exioc is being taken away, I look both to him for half of this and I also look to Veritas for half of this and I say, I am not my ancestors. And then I imagine Exioc floats down the hole. Yeah, and I'm kicking and and I scream. And I just am screaming and flailing like a little two-year-old who didn't get the Skittles in the checkout aisle. Just like, ah! <laughs> And you just hear my voice echo as I get lower and farther from the chamber. You hear Veritas say, well, Mason, we do not have the manpower to restrain you. And you are much stronger than any of our warriors. But for our sake, would you please remain here in our custody until we can figure this out so we might be able to help you? <clears throat> yes and I'm kind of like dusting myself off trying to look more presentable mm. um, like resetting my countenance my face so I look more natural and calm and then I'm like yes uh, he started it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a special chamber for uh, disturbers of the peace one might say but we have a chamber close by to it for uh Similar purposes, but they are much better punished. And we can put you up in there, if you don't mind, while we're figuring all of this out. This is highly unusual, in case you couldn't figure that out on your own. And you see he's starting to get just a little bit frazzled. And he says, I'm trying to be a good leader, but this is putting the strain on my abilities. So if you would please all cooperate, I'm at the end of my rope. I would love to cooperate. (laughs) I would just like you have already left us alone in a very dark room for seven hours today. I would like... You see, he actually looks a little surprised at that and like shoots a glance over to Sully and... Uh... I was like, <laughs> if, if we are to wait without trouble, I would like uh, something to read. Not only will you have that, you will also have some food provided for you as well. We have gardens here. He says, <clears throat> all right, uh, follow... Sullivan and Runeford as they lead you down into our uh, guest chambers and we shall conduct this matter in a little bit from now after I consult my council they uh, gently lead you down 
not really saying anything. And you go through the center of the hole, following after Exeox, kicking and screaming form. You see all the people that were chilling down there are now staring at you with weird looks. They lead you over to a little doorway that leads downwards below the citadel itself. As uh, they get down there, they grip onto the railing, and you guys can... Uh, still in zero gravity, kind of walk down the stairs that lead in a spiral. Eventually, you get to a large cavernous area that looks a little bit more unkempt that has several little uh, pockets with iron bars in all of the doors. You see that Exioc is gripping onto the bars from the inside of one of these, <laughs> just kicking and screaming at it. And uh, they lead you over to uh, other chambers that are open. And they don't close the doors behind you, but they say, <clears throat> Runzi turns to you and says, well, I'm really sorry about that, how all that went, uh, but we'll go and get some food for you right now. And we'll try to figure all of this out in a little bit. Uh, very uh, uh, sorry for the trouble that we've caused you today. It's completely our fault. Uh, Sully turns to him and says, no, it's not our fault. It's their fault. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm, uh, uh, it's a good thing my mom got me this job or else I don't know what I'd be doing. And <laughs> uh, they keep bickering as they fly back up the stairs out of sight. Exioc, you see everyone else is in a similar situation as you, but their bars are not closed. Uh, Hirak, you're... Uh, and I, I should also say that there are um, bars that separate the cells from each other. So it's see-through all the way around in the circular area. Hirak, in the cell next to yours, there is a solitary figure that is sleeping on a bed, almost like in a transient state. She looks to be like uh, an elderly elven woman of some sort. And she uh, lifts up her head a little bit as you come in and then just goes back to sleep. Um, are the guards gone? The guards are gone. Um, I'm going to say to her, hi, my name's Hirak. What's your name? She picks up her head, turns and looks at you. She's got weathered features, even for being elvish and long gray hair that case cascades down the back of her neck. And she just <clears throat> clears her throat, turns to you and says, Minerva, now let me sleep. And that's where we're going to end the episode. Oh, okay, that was interesting. <laughs> uh, Holy cow. So, uh I'd say we need to break more this down in the afterburner. More so than in most other episodes, we need to break this down in the afterburner. <laughs> yeah. We got a lot to talk about. Hold it in, Tommy, because it is the end of the episode. So we get to shout out our lovely denizens of Yetzirah, our patrons. Woohoo! Just me and Tommy today, but that's okay. Uh, starting off with Meg the Manic Pixie, who awakens to see that a piece of paper is just outside of her home in Casey's hat. It's a poll asking about whether committing arson should be punished by torture and death. Meg pondered for a second and checked. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> like, why not? <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, Keith, the captain of the Destu Fire Brigade, is running for mayor. I should probably say that more exciting, shouldn't I? Keith, the yep. captain of the Destu Fire Brigade, is running for mayor. Yay. Keith is smart, though, and knows he needs to do market research to see where the people stand on important issues. He secretly hands out polls to everyone in the tribe. 
Mm-hmm. And Joe, the scrawny Goliath, is mourning his thighs when he notices a piece of paper asking, who is the best ex-captain of the Destin Fire Brigade? Joe thought long and hard and decided he could turn it in late and still get only 10% off his grade, so he said nothing. <laughs> Derek, the one-eyed lizard folk from nowhere, can't read. Mm, rip. <laughs> Sophie, the former official Destin tour guide, got a piece of paper that read, I am once again asking you for your financial support with a note that says to read the paper in an old man Brooklyn accent for some reason. Sophie couldn't be bothered. Uh, the heat was really getting to her and she was starting to feel the burn. <laughs> Casey, the wandering gypsy from Trashboro, saw the pole at his feet when he woke up in the morning. Before reading it, he politely asked the piece of paper, Will you please take me off the mailing list? And now is not a good time. Before the piece of paper could respond, he hung it up in the trash. The piece of paper sighed and regretted taking this menial job. Ah, rough. (laughs) Tyra, the half-elven sorceress from elsewhere, found her pole stashed in her satchel. It asked, Would you vote for a mayor if given the chance? And if so... Would you please vote for me? Uh, not knowing who sent the poll, she decided to get ahead of the game and also run for mayor. Oh, it's a contested election. It is a contested election. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Noah, the desert paladin of charismatic swagger, was about to leave when he was stopped by Keith. Keith asked him, if there is so much evil in the world and you can't stop it, why do you try? What difference does it make? And would you vote for a mayor if it comes up? Noah sighed dramatically, and he put his hand on Keith's shoulder. He said, I make a difference for a few, and it matters to them. You'll be a good mayor. And he turned and walked away. It was at that moment he realized he had no food and water left, so he decided to stay with the tribe until he could make it to somewhere else. And Keith just hired him as his campaign manager somehow. Yeah, we're making it up as we're going along. (laughs) Thank you so much to our patrons and Absolutely. for with us as we figure out what the heck to do every week for entertaining you at the end of the episode. So we are really excited. We actually just passed a pretty big milestone. We now have over uh, 5,000 downloads. 5,000. Let's go. 5,000. 500. Nope. Copyright. Um, <laughs> and so we want to give a big thank you to all of you and to let you know that we have been recording some extra content. Oh boy, Brad, what's this extra content? Well, I'm glad you asked, Tommy. So we have been doing some roundtable discussions on Dungeons and Dragons, like on a philosophical level, let's say. So we did one on D&D and the church a few months ago and polished it up and it is now primped and ready to go. So that's going to be up on our Patreon uh, as bonus content. But because we're so happy about this milestone, we're going to be releasing 15 minutes of it in the upcoming week for those of you who just want to catch a little bit of it. So I'll try to pick the best part of it out so that you guys can all listen to that. If you want to listen to the full thing, you can hop over to our Patreon and it's only $5 a month if you want to listen to all of our afterburners as well as that uh, extra content that we're putting out there. So if you really like what we're doing here and want to support us, that's a that's definitely a viable option for doing so. Tommy, how else can they engage with us? Well, they can get engage with us on Instagram. We post uh, pictures just about our lives sometimes and updates and sometimes memes. Um, if you like memes, you can go over to our Reddit where people post their memes and uh, uh, original artwork. Um, 
as well as uh, we'd like to see you on Twitter to ask us some questions where we can answer them in our Afterburners, which is on our Patreon, Fire and Dice Podcast. It's true. Our Twitter has like no followers and we don't ever tweet anything. So uh, we like to plug it, but we never use it. But if you followed, then maybe I would tweet things. Hmm? That's Hmm? true. Tommy is in charge of our social media. Our podcast handle is Fire and Dice Pod. How about that? Oh, yeah. We should probably plug that one. Okay. That will do it for this week. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And we'll catch you next time on Fire and Dice. Stay cool. Stay cool.